0: Hey, it's Ace Smallman and you're listening to episode 7 of I Guess We'll Do It That Way. Today we fact-check my school arts and story with my dad and I recount some tales from the legendary Sundance Film Festival. I Guess We'll Do It That Way is presented by Mama Bear Studios. Mama Bear's mission is to create entertaining works of art that explore our humanity. If you like the show, don't forget to subscribe and rate us on iTunes. We've got one more week to be entered in the t-shirt drawing. Anyway, here's episode 7. John. Yo, what's up, Uncle Zay? Man, it's just been so long. So many days. Feels like an eternity. Mm -hmm. And now, I can't say I'm glad to be back. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not tired of this podcast. No, I'm not tired of this podcast yet. I love it. I love it more every time we do it.
1: Is that right? Yeah, sure. Do you go back and listen on your... uh... On your phone to the episodes? You know, I
0: have actually. I, I tried to, I went back and listened to the first episode. You know, I was wondering if it was bad. And what'd you think? I thought it was good. Anyone tuning in for episode seven? I think you can go back to episode one. You won't be disappointed. I think it's a good episode. My grandma says different, but okay. that's okay. Well, you know what? Grandmas are entitled to their grandma opinions.
1: <laughs> How is, uh, how's, how's how's your life going, John? What's the latest? Just, man, you know, the boys going back to school. It's been an absolute treat. mm the school that they uh, the school they go to has been completely renovated, you know. Mm. So it it went from looking like a bombed out old trash dump to like a fancy new <laughs> space school. Wow! Yeah, it wasn't quite that bad to start out with, but they you know it's all glass and metal. It's all like streamlined now. It I imagine great.
0: I imagine it like hovering. You know, like the whole place is hovering above the ground, and you have to like take a think, little shuttle to get up there.
1: Think about Apple's campus, their mm. new campus, mm-hmm. wherever it is, yeah. and uh, times that by 10, and you're getting close. Wow.
0: So this is a very, uh, it's a large school.
1: It's a fancy boy school. Mm.
0: Congratulations on all of your success, John. Um, Thank you. I owe
1: most of it to this podcast. Oh, that's so sweet.
0: I uh, I had an interesting morning. I was woken up. I was woken up at about six 6 a.m., by my, uh, by my bowels. Oh, no. I felt like someone had blown up a Macy's Day parade balloon inside of my torso. <sighs> What'd you do? Well, I I rolled out of bed. I stumbled to the bathroom. Not in like a, a, a hurry necessarily, but just like in a, a, a an early morning drunkenness, you know, mm. and kind mm-hmm. of stumbled to the bathroom. And uh, it was not my best. It was not my best performance. I think the problem is I found some... Indian food yesterday. It's just this just, just unreal Indian place. I got a feast, an absolute feast for for me and my wife for about twelve bucks.
1: Oh, that's a great deal. It was
0: an incredible deal, and the food was it was mostly vegan, and yet it tasted like there was butter. Like they make these pastries, you know, like samosas and these other things. This I got these stuffed pepper pakura is what it was called. Hmm. Incredible, very very spicy though and um i ate kind of a lot of them and so uh and i and i don't do beans i don't really do beans and there were some lentils so not my best morning but i'm feeling better now
1: you know you guys live in like a small apartment i you know relatively small yes and um is there any do you you've been married for a few years is there any embarrassment or shame or concern about the sound of your bowel movements when your wife is right next door, just a few feet away? No. You, just, you don't, don't care anymore. Smell,
0: I don't care. Smell, I get in trouble for. And I'm like, look, if I can't stink up the bathroom, what can I stink up?
1: I mean, it's a serious question. <laughs> it's a question we've all asked, yeah.
0: I want to know. Give me, I got to have How some sort of bus? a stink sanctuary, you know? Sure. But if the stink sanctuary is not the bathroom, I guess I'll just make it the kitchen. It
1: could also be the name of a punk band if this stink podcast sanctuary. doesn't work out. <laughs> that's a that's a great stink name. sanctuary. Oh baby.
0: Well let's get let's uh let's get into it, eh? This is episode seven. Big milestone for mm. us. Episode seven. Huge of I guess we'll do it that way. The, let's take a little inventory of the show. John, do you feel like we are out of topics yet?
1: My kids are always saying, you know, they're getting to the age where they're like, I'm, we're bored, we're bored. And my my beautiful bride always says to them, only boring people are bored. Mm. And I always say to her, stop bullying my kids. <laughs> but right after, when I think about it, I'm like, you know what? She's right.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. So,
1: you know, if if the show sucks, it's our fault, my dude. I know.
0: We're really on the hook for it. I don't think it sucks.
1: If we're out of topics, if we're out of topics, you and I personally mm-hmm. are out of topics. Mm-hmm. And that's that's just not going to happen.
0: No, I don't see it happening either. Stick with us, guys. It's only going to get better from here. That is if you like me talking about my bowel movements. If you don't, <laughs> I'll try to start warning you in the show notes. You can check, check ahead of time, you know, trigger warning. Yeah, if
1: anybody actually does enjoy this and is listening, do, do me a personal favor and write in and ask Isaiah <laughs> to stop talking about his bowels.
0: Let's jump in the episode. Um, I, was thinking, I was thinking this week we could talk about Sundance. I woke up this morning to my, my street. I woke up to fumes being pumped into my window from a giant generator, literally four feet outside of my dining room, because they're shooting like a huge, they shut down like five streets, they're shooting like a huge car chase of some kind, and I can actually hear a car right now in in my neighborhood, it's kind of interesting. Usually you can't hear
1: cars in your neighborhood?
0: No, but I can like hear like a car like speeding down the empty street that they like
1: forced just not to park on. I got you, you can hear like tires squealing and whatnot. Yeah, exactly, it's kind of weird. You know what they're filming? Um, I don't. Some movie. This is probably pretty boring for you now, but whenever I see a film being made in person, it's Mm -hmm. pretty spectacular. We were in New Orleans, and they were shooting... uh, We were in Nolens, I should say, and um, they were filming on the street some French movie. Mm -hmm. The movie's called Double Zero. Hmm. Look it up. It's a French movie
0: being filmed in New Orleans.
1: Yeah, because New Orleans... You've been there. It looks... Like Europe. That's fair. I mean, the streets, if you saw somebody walking down the streets of New Orleans, you would not necessarily know that they were not in Paris.
0: Well, in part because I don't actually know what Paris looks like.
1: It looks a lot like New Orleans. Oh, okay. Okay. I got it. There you go. Perfect. Yeah. It looks very similar.
0: It really does. So, well, John, why don't you decide? Should we, because, so what my point was, I woke up this morning to my street being turned into a set, which is kind of interesting and kind of relates Mm -hmm. even to where I'm at with rollers. Which is I'm you know I'm I'm researching locations and and all that kind of stuff. So I woke up with maybe like maybe we should audible. Maybe we should do an episode about locations. But I also know that we kind of promised people some chit chat about Sundance. So what do
1: you think we should do? I would love to hear about Sundance. Sundance Film uh, Festival. Is that Robert Redford?
0: Yeah, Robert Redford started
1: it. Yeah, he's a he's a handsome devil, isn't he?
0: I think he's slightly less handsome than he used to be now that he's an old man, but he's still pretty handsome. I've never met him, though. Did you, have you seen him? Um, I've seen him from a distance, yeah. Um, That's pretty cool. Yeah, my, friend's just, uh, my friend just directed a movie that he's in, the last movie he's ever going to be in, supposedly. It's coming out this fall, Old Man and the Gun. Um, one of the other producers on Never Going Back, David Lowry. and uh, all those guys made that. It's, it's a, like a heist movie. It's going to be really good. That sounds
1: cool. That's also... Um Sort of a future look at me, old man with a gun. Old man and the gun. Oh, never mind. But I do think he has a gun. He's an old bank robber. When was it? What year or how many years ago was the first time you went? I believe it was four Sundances ago was my first one. And they're held every year? They're
0: held every year in January, middle of January, out in Park City, Utah in the mountains.
1: The first time you went, were you showing a movie that you'd worked on?
0: No, the first, oh man, the first time I went was not fun at all Chad Chad Harris who's kind of a mama bear OG Chad Harris love you hope you're listening um we just decided to go because we were like you know what's this whole thing about Sundance let's just go and see if we can get some meetings to happen and that kind of thing it was kind of like going to middle school you know on your first day except everyone somehow already knows each other and you're like wait how did you all know each other how did you all know that this party was going on how did you get into this party How did you get into that movie? And we just ended up kind of like not doing a lot because we had no idea what we were doing. It was very boring.
1: Yeah, that sounds kind of lame. So it's you and another dude walking around trying to get invited to parties. Yeah, in the snow,
0: trying to figure out. We had two meetings scheduled. Three meetings. First meeting was a guy that I knew that worked at a a, a post-production facility in New York. And we were hanging out with him. We're sitting at a bar drinking our alcoholic beverages And uh, one of the guys brings up Breaking Bad and I was kind of saying, you know, I thought it was good, but like, you know, I was kind of just being a little negative on it. And then Chad, Chad kind of bumped me from under the table because he was sitting opposite me. He's like, dude, he's like, dude, quit shitting on Breaking Bad. And I was like, why? I was like, I don't like Breaking Bad. Who cares? And He's like, Bob Odenkirk is sitting three feet away from you on your right. And I was like. What? And I look over, and Bob Odenkirk, who is like the you know one of the main guys on Breaking Bad, now Better Call Saul, mm. was just sitting there in the next booth over, like right next to me. And I was just kind of shit talking, you know, Breaking Bad without really meaning to. So that was like one of the first things that ever happened Sundays, and it kind of got my hopes up. And he was sitting there with Mitch Hurwitz, who's the creative arrest development. And so we all kind of got up to leave around the same time. And I like grabbed Mitch Hurwitz, and I was like, "Dude, I was like, I know you probably get this a lot, but." I just think your work is so good. Because Arrested Development is one of the greatest things I've ever watched. And especially the older stuff. And uh, he was like, he's like, do you actually know who I am? He's like, I think you might think I'm someone else. And I was like, no, you're Mitch Hurwitz, right? You created Arrested Development. And I could tell he was like actually genuinely kind of happy. Because he is probably the kind of guy who most people actually don't know who he is in a way. Because he's a show creator. Sure. It's like, I only know that because I watch all the special features for Arrested Development. And uh, so that was kind of a fun thing. And then it was all downhill from there. I mean, basically... Um, yeah, we just couldn't find any meetings. Nothing was happening. We did meet a couple people like that were ended up being very, you know, helpful. And overall, the trip wasn't a waste. But it, it was just a lot of us like,
1: yeah, trying to figure out how
0: everyone else knows how it works. And we don't.
1: You know, Bob Odenkirk, who was sitting with the creator of Arrested Development, is connected to that show through uh, David Cross. Because mm, they did sense. a show way back in the day. I know this He's show. Like a, yeah, Mr. Show. Did you say anything to Bob? You should have said hi to Bob. I think I said hey.
0: I think I was like, hey, man, suck it. Hey, what's up, dude? Yeah.
1: <laughs> it does sound like middle school. We
0: did have one good meeting with, uh, and this is kind of a story for another time, but like a crazy, you know, six connections deep sort of random meeting with a guy named uh, Ross something. <clears throat> and that he was the guy who brought me the hunter-gatherer script.
1: Which you would later bring back to Sundance, right? Hunter Gather, we took to South By. Uh,
0: but anyway, one highlight of, of, of the first year is we found this place called the Stella Lounge. You know, because all these alcohol companies sponsor different things. And the Stella Lounge had, as you can imagine, free
1: Stella Atois. And um, mm.
0: is that the proper pronunciation?
1: That that's Write me in. You know those shoes? Yeah, let's clear this up. Because you know those shoes? I don't even want to say because I don't want to get laughed at. But Too it late. starts with an S and ends with O-N-Y. How do you say the name of that shoe? Sony No Saucony Saucony Oh Saucony so-con- Saucony I'm not sure that's right Saucony I feel like we could easily figure this out But I've never bothered to look it up I believe
0: it's actually Oh hold on I'm gonna look up uh, I'm gonna look up the pronunciation Hold on I'm looking it up right now Um, so- Sausage I It's Saucony it- I think it's Sausage Bangers and Mash So uh, first year at Sundance Not so great Second year Slightly better I find this house and I'm like, this place is going to be so great. It was like a quarter of the price of everywhere else that we'd ever looked at. How much a night? What do we talk? Give us an idea. I mean, a typical two or three bedroom house might be like 1500 a night. That's a lot. It's, it's, it's a lot because you got to go for like four or five, six days. <clears throat> and so I found this place for like 400 500 maybe. Yeah, 500 And it was like a cool little log cabin kind of place. Not really yeah it was kind of a log cabin, just like an old seventies house, beautiful r- built right into the side of the mountain, just absolutely gorgeous. That house ends up kind of playing into this whole uh this whole longer story but but maybe we should um maybe we should get to the mail first.
1: I am ready. To look at some mail.
0: Unlike most other weeks, we actually have relevant mail no. that I'm so excited to answer. It's going to be such a fun time.
1: We actually got mail, yep. huh?
0: All right. So I think first we should um, we should clarify. Uh, we heard, thankfully, from our boy, uh, Danny. Ah. He actually sent me, he, he he emailed in a screenshot of his conversation with the redneck, peacock grower, and uh, mm. I feel bad even just now about calling him a redneck because it sounds like he might not be the exact stereotype that yeah, I had in my
1: mind. <laughs> no, no rednecks are raising peacocks, I'm pretty sure. Well, of that. This guy's sophisticated. I, can't,
0: I cannot confirm or deny the truth of exactly what you're saying because I only have one anecdotal piece of evidence, but you're right based on this. So um, Dan writes, the implication in his message was that the peafowl were for pets, not for consumption," he said. He wanted them to go to good homes with space to roam.
1: Well, and now I feel like a big hold, jerk. Yeah, but hold the phone. How did we get from raising P-Fowl for pets to this guy thinking the guy was selling them for food? I think this is. How did he think? I that? think
0: he didn't. I think the problem was me. I think I I uh, took the word noises. I took the word some. As opposed to they or, you know, more normal pronouns. I took the word some to sort of turn them into a quantity, a commodity, if you will. Mm-hmm. As opposed to like okay, livestock. I, I, I apologize. I own my mistake, yet again. I am very sorry. I'm glad Danny
1: way. clarified that for us. Danny, you're a good guy. Danny, thank you, brother. Problem solved. We got any other mail?
0: Dude, we got so much good mail. Okay. We got another mail from uh, Hunt Davidson of Chattanooga. He writes, thanks for the podcast. I've enjoyed learning about how movies are made. The nuts and bolts are fascinating. Question. That is very nice. Mm. Thank you, Hunt. I'm so glad you're enjoying Hold it. Hold up. yeah. Hunt? H-U-N-T? Hunt. Hunt, hunt. Like Athena, the Huntress. I don't know if that's what, who that is.
1: You got to be careful, Anybody with a verb for a first name? I imagine that he's not the kind of guy that you would want to be
0: hunted by, Mm. because he's probably got a lot of practice. Uh, You know what I'm saying?
1: So it's a yeah, it's a fitting, uh, intimidating. It sounds
0: like his name is Hunt David Son. So it's I think he was born with the purpose, the express purpose of hunting David's David's Son. son. So if your dad's name is David, watch out. So Hunt writes, thanks for the podcast. I've enjoyed learning about how movies are made. The nuts and bolts are fascinating question. How do you know when a project is done? How do you know when it's time to say this movie is as good as it needs to be? I think that's a great question and it actually might be too good of a question to answer right at this moment. So maybe we could just plan to do like a, an episode about it. Cause we, I think the same is true with scripts. I think it's true in the edit. There's a lot of times where that's actually a very compelling question. Yeah.
1: So sorry. sorry Hunt. Our answer is, wait
0: our our answer is bye bye but he has a ps he says also i want to know i know it was in the box this is this is important john Mm. hunt says there's nothing in the box but don't don't spoil it yet because we have another we have another guess but hunt thank you for your submission we have another message from a young man named daniel lloyd daniel hello daniel writes i'm really looking forward to hearing the rest of this story i'm assuming he's referring to the head in the box Was it a copy? This is actually a very interesting guess. Was it a copy of the January 2000 edition of National Geographic Celebration of Earth and Beyond? Whoa! Danny writes, "I'm gonna flip my shit if I'm right." Wow, Danny, I'm very excited about your enthusiasm.
1: I hope you got clean undies on, Danny, because you're, oh baby, you're gonna be surprised.
0: Speaking of people who wanted to know what was in the head, the box, my dad also wrote in and he also wrote in to uh clarify or or sort of corroborate my story about almost burning a school down so oh i was thinking john i mean you got to be cool with this but i was thinking maybe we could uh we could call him up and uh see see if he wants to sort of shed a little light on the story as well as uh maybe throw his hat in the ring for the head in the box contest what do you think of that
1: steve and i last time steve and i talked it didn't go great but you know what I'm willing what to give him another what shot. What happened? Yeah, I'm just kidding. Get him on the line. All right, I'll ring him up. <laughs> <laughs> Internet sounds.
0: <laughs> Steve, are you there? Zay, what's going on? Hey. Oh, my goodness. Steve, as planned, as of recently, I told you I might be calling you.
2: Here we are. I am so thrilled and honored that you would want to do that. Well, I, I knew there was a chance it could happen. I was trying not to get my hopes up, but, uh, you know. I told some people I might be guesting on your podcast and that I was pretty nervous. It's a lot of pressure. Maybe
0: for future reference, don't tell people you're guesting on our podcast until you actually do it. Puts a little bit of pressure on me.
2: (laughs) That's
1: so true. We had to bump Condoleezza Rice to get you on here. Yeah, I'm getting
0: texts from Condi right now and she's like, dude. Who is your dad, and why is he so important? Because this is some BS, and
2: she's probably never going to come back. So this better be really good. Yeah, the pressure's well, on you now. know, unlike Condi, I have no security clearance to be remote. True,
1: but you're also not you're also not a committer of war crimes. Ooh. So Ooh. man, John, getting <laughs> political, a little feisty, a little feisty.
0: Anyway, Steve, thanks for jumping on. Um, why don't you uh, why don't you tell a couple people? Which is about how many people are probably listening right now. Why don't you tell a couple people who you are and what you do other than the fact that you're my dad, which is still
2: up for debate, but
0: we're going to go with that for the purposes of this
2: podcast. I think that a couple people is selling yourself short. I would guesstimate you're up to at least 41 listeners. Mm. Hey, that's so, that's so nice of you. Thank you. Uh, I live in Baltimore, which is where Isaiah grew up, and uh, there I lead a design led studio. No one we knows do... what that means no offense. <laughs> are you guys
1: forward thinking? <laughs>
2: we are Are you creatives? We are cre- we are innovative, forward-leaning, mm. best in class. Are you
0: sex positive? What's
1: your rating
2: for what's your rating from the Better Business Bureau though? Oh, it's AAA. Okay. All right. What about Yelp? Uh, I think we're probably four four out 4 point5 stars out of five. I would
0: need some additional references in that case.
2: I feel like we could bump that up to 4 point8 Come on
0: I'm
1: kidding design lead
0: is great. Design lead is great. I'm videos,
2: kidding. animations, websites, identity, branding work and strategy design stuff that that sort of thing creative services. Where can we find you? what's the name of the company 154.com
0: Well real quick so so you you we us as a fam we were living in Baltimore you were doing what?
2: We were doing community development work in West Baltimore. We were doing, we were part of a group that was doing housing with a Habitat for Humanity chapter. We had a healthcare center, a school, and I had started something called New Song Arts, which was an arts program. We used music training and performance opportunities to teach life skills to kids there in that community. So we had a couple performance ensembles that toured nationally, and Isaiah and Paul were a part of Oh my that. gosh. It's hard when your performance career peaks in middle school. That's <laughs> that was the I've been dealing with that ever since. Steve, you know uh, Justin Bieber? I do. I'm familiar with that name. Is he an actor?
1: Yeah, he's been in some movies, I'm sure, right? <laughs> he's
2: got some really cool tattoos. He does.
1: But he, he also uh, has a pastor, a hip hipster Brooklyn pastor. You know this guy? Uh, oh, you look, look him up. He's got tattoos. He's got a fancy boy haircut. And he's Justin Bieber's pastor. He's uh, from Hillsong. I don't like the guy. I think he's corrupt. But did you have any um, celebrity little apprentices walking around with you?
2: Oh, yeah,
1: they
0: did back
2: in Philly. That's true. We did back in Philly. In our youth group were uh, Ron Lopez, Reina Lopez, and her sister, Lisa Left Eye Lopez. Left
1: Eye Lopez. You're kidding me.
2: AKA... Yes. The one she burned a house
1: down too, didn't she? Uh actually Hello, she, she lit, did. Her, oh she lit my her boyfriend's gosh, shoes are, on
2: fire, right? She
1: tried. Wow, this is a recurring theme. I think we need to change the name of the podcast. <laughs>
2: Burning down the house. All wow. Right. John, do you do you, does that arouse you thinking about that? <laughs> <laughs> that, ladies and gentlemen, is called a callback. <laughs> That's cool. What was she like? I was uh, I went to the funeral, sadly. Sad day. I rode I rode in the limo with the fam. Seriously? Yep sure did wow that's wild yeah it was tough w- what time. was she
1: like what was she like? how'd she die uh, she died in a car wreck, wreck in, in like Panama car wreck in
2: honduras she was honduras sorry she was driving a crew um yeah they were on a like a retreat in honduras and uh lost control of the vehicle and she was the only fatality but there were some other injuries. It was tough. Wow, that's sad. Yeah, yeah. No, she was. Um, I'll tell you one, the one story that's kind of interesting. One one night when she was starting to break out her rap craft and had gotten some attention and was apparently going to move to Atlanta to try to make it, um, mm. the kids were all like, "Come on, give us some, give us some rap, bust a rhyme for us. Like, let us hear a little sample." What year would this have been,
0: Steve? Like. 89 90
2: 91 Probably, yeah 88 89 right in there right uh, so she she threw down some verse and um, you know she had kind of a high pitch sort of a nasally tone that's now famous and I remember just hearing her and sitting there with my arms folded thinking hmm I don't know I'm a pretty creative guy and I gotta say uh good luck with that because <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not seeing it. pass on TLC. I'm just not seeing it. Yeah, what you should have said is, don't go chasing waterfalls. Where'd you live in Philly? You know, that's where I'm from. Around, well, right across the Ben Franklin. But yeah, you're in the worst part, John. Hey, hey, hey. Kidding. Phil- Jersey's great. You guys lived in West Philadelphia? Born, Born and, and raised. raised. Actually, not technically, no. This was more like north central Philly is where we lived. Gotcha.
0: Very cool. Well, um, <clears throat> that was a very enlightening story. Steve, you may now go. Thank you. Just kidding. No, Um. all right. We need to, I do want to hear the fire story, but we need to finish the head in the box mystery. Otherwise, our listeners are all going to bail. So- Steve,
2: I demand. Steve,
0: you had a guess. What did you demand? You didn't actually have. A I didn't guess. guess. I, I to demanded guess. to know. Okay. Well, I would like you to guess. I would like you to guess. You want me to guess? I want you to guess. Then I'm going to guess because I actually don't know yet. Okay. And then we're going to remind people defense, what other people said, and then
2: John needs to go. I was responding to a through a gauntlet you threw down that no one had even asked you. There was no follow up, and so I'm like, I'm asking, I'm demanding to know what was in the box, which
0: I appreciate, but I do think that we need a guess, John. Don't you agree?
2: Uh, it's up to Steve. It would be helpful, Steve. Alright. Um, I'm gonna guess, I'm gonna eliminate <laughs> I can't say this stuff. You you have you have people listening to this. True. But I know what it wasn't. False. It wasn't False. it wasn't a reference to a famous uh, Andy Samberg, Justin Timberlake SNL film. <laughs> it was not that. Uh, that was not what was in the box.
1: Right, right. Um, you're referring to It's my a in a Richard. Box yes it, it wasn't okay
0: so it was not a d in the box steve would you like to make an affirmative it was yes? not a penis
2: um i'm gonna say that it was a box uh, it was a it was a little small pack of old 45 records mm. that's a good guess okay, okay so no
0: no, no i want to guess i want to guess i think it was a sign that said i'm right behind you So that when you open it and you read it, you're like, (gasps) and then you turn around and there's someone not behind you.
1: That's a good guess. That's a good guess. The other
0: answers were nothing and the January 2000 edition of National Geographic- Celebration of wow. Earth and Beyond.
1: Um, okay, so two quick things. One, th- there was sort of a dilemma, right? So my two kids, they're uh, at the time, they'd be six and nine, right? They saw the box and they said, can we look? They read the sign because they can read. Even though we live in Chattanooga, <laughs> they can read just fine. They said, um, they said, can we look in the box? Because there was a sign that said, don't look in the box. The box was like, you know, a foot by a foot. And I immediately thought back to when I was a kid. We went to the Philadelphia Art Museum, and there was a wall, like a picket fence set Mm -hmm. up in the museum. And there was a peephole. And this is in the modern art section of the Philadelphia Art Museum, which is a really nice art museum. Y'all should go. The Rocky Steps. Exactly. Yep, exactly. So there is a gate, like a picket fence, you know, and there's like a hole that you're supposed to look through. And I was with my dad, and my dad looked through... And he turned around and he was like, No, you can't look in there. Right? So good. To this day, I don't know what was through the peephole. It's one of those things, you know, where your mind goes nuts and you imagine stuff that's probably 10,000 times worse than like the bare chested woman Mm -hmm. that is actually behind there. But I thought of that immediately and I said to the kids, I was like, No, don't look in the box. Mm -hmm. Then I also immediately thought of, Gwyneth Paltrow in the movie Seven, (laughs) which is where the whole head in the box contest came from. Exactly. So I told the boys no. And then I thought about it. I was like, yeah, you know, what's the worst that they're going to see? Right. So I I said, yeah, go look in the box. And they looked in the box. And to be honest, I was actually really, really nervous. They came up to me and they said there was a little plaque Mm. inside the box that said, thank you for your participation. That's it? That's it. John, we stretched this over like
0: four episodes. You could have warned me that this was a complete waste of everyone's
1: time. Hey, this is reality, guys. Get used to it. It's just a huge disappointment. Oh, wow. Yeah, there was basically nothing in the box. Now, so this kind of led me to think... It's obviously an experiment of some sort, right? Like some grad students being cute. Yeah, it's got to be that. Right, they got a camera set up, and they look and see Mm -hmm. who looks in the box, who doesn't look in the box. What what they should
0: have put inside is a photo release form that you have to sign.
1: I really thought it would be hardcore pornography, to be honest with you. Yeah,
0: I think that's a reasonable assumption. I mean, it's it's sad, but it's a
1: reasonable assumption. I did, and I'm pretty sure for all the horrified listeners out there, I didn't. My wife was there. She looked in the box first. Okay, good. I wouldn't just let my little kids look in the box. I wouldn't put it past you. I wouldn't put it past you. My dad would have. Yeah, Steve, would you have let Zay
2: look in the box when he's nine years old? I I don't know. I can't put my, I have to, I have to, I can't You would have looked first? I I would have had to make my own decision in that moment, just like you did. Yeah, I let the boys make their, they're
1: sentient, you know, they're making their own choices. I'll let them do what they want. Just like when you let Lisa
0: Left Eye Lopez take me to Atlanta and become her rap protege. And it changed my life forever, and I'm forever grateful.
2: I think it's probably a good time to say I had nothing to do with the success of her career. Well, I don't know about that, Steve. Don't sell yourself short. Well, John, thank you for that.
0: I'm not going to call it enlightening. <laughs> Disappointing. That, um, that uh, sufficient answer. I think we should uh, take this opportunity f- to allow Steve to uh, kind of set the record straight on the, on the fire story. I could be remembering everything wrong. Just for a recap, though. This is the story from episode something, five, where uh, I nearly burned down a school. Did I get anything right or wrong, Steve? Like,
2: was I, do, how do you remember the incident from the beginning? You, you got it mostly right, and I will say you. Oh, wow, there, that's you, kind of a miracle. Got it mostly right. Uh, I went out on the back how porch. How old was I? Can you confirm my age, first of all? I think you were probably 10 or 11, like you said. Okay. And uh went out on the back porch. You and Terrell were out there uh, sitting on our green little glider that that old timey metal chair thingy that swings back and forth Mm -hmm. you had pretzels pretzel rods and and the first thing you said to me was dad we're smoking blunts (laughs) (laughs) did i why would i ever say that i i have no idea i think my response was something like what you represented in the in the podcast i was like uh yeah no you're not this is a blunt uh no i i made you give me the matches uh, evidently, you or Terrell had some more stash, stashed in your socks or something. Because <laughs> uh, oh you left and went to allegedly, you know, air quotes, play baseball mm. at the school mm. with everybody else.
0: What a disaster. The
2: next thing I knew was someone banging on the door, telling me I had to come now. And so something was wrong. I didn't know what. I ran up, ran around the corner to the school, ran up on this scene. I look over and... There was a fire NATO in the corner of the school. I mean, it was a huge column of fire, like the one that guided the children of Israel out of Egypt. I mean, it was like It was a fire NATO ginormous I was not that. column of fire. And wow. you were like, Oh my gosh, my life is over. This is horrible. Like you were literally going around, you know, expressing that way, oh, I can't believe this. <laughs> Um, so I'm like, okay, we're, we're all alive. We're going to be okay. Um, looks like the school has not come down yet. And by then the fire department was already there. They, the cops showed up. I don't remember waiting for the school cop, like you said, but I do remember the cops walking over to mom and I and saying, okay, this is usually a little rough for the moms, but we're going to put your son in handcuffs and he has to get in the back of the squad so, car. So
0: so wait, did that seem ridiculous to you that they were cuffing us? I mean, did did, did you protest that or did you no. just kind of accept it as it was? They just
2: said uh th- this is um this is protocol. We are going to um book book them for malicious mischief. Um mm-hmm. and that nice. Because, and because it is a felony. Oh, so it was a felony. That's what they said. Yes. Nice. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I always thought it was some lame misdemeanor charge. Maybe it maybe it was one below a felony. I can't I honestly. No, don't.
0: don't take this away from me.
2: <laughs> it was serious enough that uh, you know protocol was cuffs, squad car. We'll call you when you can pick him up. Um, so don't be following us or anything like that. So yeah, we sat at home for uh, forever waiting for them to call, and the whole time I'm just like you know waiting, worried. Worried that some inmate was making my little boy his bitch. Oh. <laughs> or, uh, did that happen?
0: Zay? I don't remember. I have some, no, it's not funny to joke about it. No, thankfully it did not.
2: It did not happen. I was well taken care of. Good to know. I was, uh, yeah, I was worried that like some overzealous zealous cop was like, you know, in your face, sit your punk ass down, which did happen. Whoa. Um,
1: Steve, were you worried that you were personally in any kind of legal
2: trouble? I was not worried about that. Uh, the the scene was overwhelming though police fire engine crowd yeah you know people people from the neighborhood were very reassuring a couple people stopped by and said look this kind of stuff happens like i'm like it does okay (laughs) i'm almost surprised that
0: people weren't like yeah this is why we don't need you dumb whiteies in this neighborhood like you come in here to try to build us houses and then you burn our public schools down. I'm actually really surprised mm. that didn't come up cuz that's kind of a le- kind of a legitimate complaint if you think about it considering you guys were there to try to help rebuild the community. I think that
2: was I think that was the probably the concern that was in my mind and that's probably why people a few people stopped by the house and said, "Look, you know, almost like, hey, we're we're in this together. We're all trying to raise our kids here in this place and this is you're going to be okay, you know, dad." Mm -hmm. Um, I do remember a a moment that sticks out We're walking back to the house I'm walking with Paul Isaiah's younger brother And Paul says Dad, I need a new baseball bat (laughs) I was like (laughs) Paul, uh, your brother just got arrested I'm really not thinking about baseball right now Paul Paul is just always looking to get me out of the picture You know, he probably set the fire (laughs)
1: He's thinking about that guap Now that Zay's gone It was
2: probably an emotional moment for him too And he's probably looking for a way to diffuse the situation But yeah, Mm -hmm. they told us the charge would um, would go on your record But that it would be expunged when you turned 18 So I doubt if anybody ever looked at it or looked it up Um, And your memory of the quote-unquote trial is correct There were like multiple no-shows Like nobody was there And so they're Mm -hmm. like, okay, I guess we'll all just go home. I did call the principal of the school next day and apologized, told her the whole story. I said, we, meaning you, would make restitution, you know, paint the doors, clean up, whatever. And she said, well, it had already all been taken care of, but she was extremely grateful for the call because she had only heard this like vague story that some white kid had tried to burn the school down. Oh my gosh. Ah. What was Yikes. your haircut
1: like back then, Zay? Shaved. I was bald. Yeah, was I had a big Nazi <laughs> okay. tattoo on the back of my exactly. head. Yeah, it was not a good look. And you know, in uh, Chattanooga, I don't know if, or in the South in general, I know they have it in Florida too. There's a little magazine they put out called Just Busted, <laughs> and anybody who gets booked, or arrested for any type of offense, is put in this thing. Their mugshots put in it with a little description underneath. Did something like that exist up in Baltimore, and do we have a picture of Zay's mugshot?
2: Did they take mugshots, Zay? I don't think they did. Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, wow. No, they did.
2: Okay, so it's somewhere. Man, we got to find that.
0: Mm-hmm. The, the police station I was taken to, it really was like a castle, right? Like, that's not just my imagination. No, it, it was, was like- It was like an
2: old gothic castle. Yes, absolutely. So weird. The Northern District, probably a picture on uh, online, but yeah, old stone structure. I'll post it structure. in the show notes, yeah little dracula castle action. I when I was a kid I
1: worked at a Christian summer camp and I and I told the story of burning my garage down to a bunch of little kids and I came to the sort of bizarre conclusion back then cuz you know I'm sort of giving like an impromptu sermon basically to a bunch of little kids. <laughs> and um I I used that story as an oh, analogy man. like the the Burning of the building was sin, and getting out of it by knowing somebody was like <laughs> knowing Jesus oh, wow. to forgive you for your sins. It was very bizarre. And all the kids there were like, yeah, they saw right through that story. Steve, do you have any uh,
0: pastoral thoughts on uh, John's heresy? Steve, hello.
1: I think we lost Steve. I think Steve uh, just paid us back for the Nate saga. Hanging up on Uncle Nate. Over Steve
0: just day. hung up on us.
1: Unbelievable. <laughs> he just bailed. He just totally ghosted us. Hey, he totally just bailed.
0: That is oh my gosh. Well, you know what? We had it coming. We did deserve it. This whole practical joke is really getting out of hand. Bye, Steve. Man, i you know, I gotta say. I feel kind of, a little, uh, I don't know what this says about me, but I feel slightly cooler knowing that I was charged with a felony and got away with he, it.
1: He didn't say it was definitely a felony. In fact, John, his memory sounded pretty hazy this. about that. Don't take this from me. I'm just saying everybody listening knows that, what was it, malicious uh, Malicious? Mischief? mischief? That That sounds like some old racist type law, doesn't it? Mischievous mischief. It it does. It sounds I mean it's so nebulous, mm-hmm. so vague. Do we have any lawyers listening?
0: Because like I would love for someone to come in and set and 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 set the record setting
1: straight straight. It's too vague. Your dad's a cool guy, he's a great guy, and
0: he's there I'm
1: sure so there's somebody listening who doesn't know this about him, but um your dad has an unusual handshake in the sense that he's missing half of one finger. Mm-hmm. Now the world knows. Now the it's, uh, I think he's gotten better at it, but, yeah, I do
0: think he had to practice, like, not jabbing it into your palm. Because <laughs> it sort of just, like, falls in, and it's like, oh, why is there a finger sticking me in my palm? He does this hilarious joke where, like, if he's around a newborn baby, he places his, like, partial finger right over their soft spot, and it looks like it's very freaky. Even if you know the joke, it looks like his finger is, like, oh. knuckle-deep in their brain. It's very gross. Oh,
1: wow. We – that is amazing. Do you have a picture of uh- – your niece? No, but we need to get that. We need to get this.
0: We'll get a picture. When we do, we'll let you all know. I'm actually really glad he could confirm that because there were things that I was... There's always part of me that's like maybe it wasn't really that big of a fire. Maybe the cops didn't really... You know, maybe maybe it, well, it didn't really go down that way. Maybe the police station was just kind of like some shitty police station. I just have a funny memory. So Maybe it was all a dream. But it wasn't, apparently, unless we were just dual hallucinating.
1: That has been an explanation for some uh, unexplained phenomenon in, in the history of our uh, species. You know, it might
0: actually be worth looking into if there's something with the whole pretzel smoking thing. You know, maybe that created mm. a dual, maybe triple hallucination experience for all of us pretzel fumes mm, pretzel fumes are dangerous speaking of fumes though i should finish i i've been dragging this story out for what feels like years and it's probably going to be just as anticlimactic as our head in the box revelation which man by the wow. way wow you you warned wow. us you warned us you probably would be better off not knowing but i think i thought maybe that you were just pulling our leg and that it actually was exciting and you were being entirely genuine. It was not exciting at all. Uh, Speaking of fumes, I I, I've been dragging this story out for, for, for ages and it's really not that great. Basically what happened is we're at Sundance. This is two Sundances ago. This is the Sundance. We take Davy on there. This is the first time I've had a movie that we're like bringing to the festival. Very exciting. I'm very nervous. Dave is a movie that you made. Daveon is a movie that I executive produced. Uh Amana director. And um we had a we had a hoot. You know, there's some great partners on it. Um David Gordon Green, kind of same team from Roughhouse Pictures that did uh Hutter Gather with us, but then you know, there was a, another guy named James Sheamus who, he was the CEO of Focus Features for a while and he wrote Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon and has just kind of been a major, major part of the growth of the independent film industry. So he's kind of a legend, right? And he's an executive producer on the project. So I'm kind of like, man, I'm in like some really good company. And so the the premiere for Davion is that night and we have a meeting and, you know, an email goes out to all the EPs and the producers and everybody and it's like, hey, we need to have a, a quick sort of pre-premiere catch up <clears throat> to sort of just strategize and talk about where we're at with sales our sales agent was there and um they were like you know who, who's who got a place we can hang out at you know somebody was like oh we could do my hotel room but it's kind of small I Was like hey let's just do our house and i'm thinking like oh yeah this is cool like i'm having like james Sheamus at my house you know that's cool we have this meeting right and it's there's probably freaking I don't know, three feet of snow on the ground. And everybody gets up there, they tromp in, you know, there's just like all these people packed into our living room and I'm like stoking the fire and it's kind of smoky, Mm. which is a little frustrating because I'm kind of blowing it. You know, I'm like being the guy who's like, let's do it my house. And then I kind of screw it up. Yeah. And so I'm a little frustrated, right? Because we're like talking, you know, and, and our sales agent, Ryan, is like, yeah, we've got... You know, so here's the deal. Like, we've been, Netflix really liked it. We haven't even premiered yet. They're giving us 48 hours to like make a decision. And that's kind of a whole other conversation about like, you know, the actual sales process. But the room is just getting smokier. And everybody, like, James, James, who's like kind of, you know, he's not old, but he's on the older side. You know, he's just over there freaking, he's just hacking up a lung because the, the, the room is just starting to like get very smoky. And I was just like, guys, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, so, I mean, I'm so embarrassed. And everybody's just coughing. Just
1: real time. Yeah. Just real time, if if anybody feels like writing in, this would be a great time, because everybody simultaneously, myself included, is thinking, open the flu. I, the flu was open. I checked. Okay. I'm check, not, I'm check a, I'm not a
0: fireplace novice. The flu was open.
1: Oh, okay. 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 Flu's open. Flu's what kinda, open. What kind of logs you got in there? What kind of logs you got in the some, fireplace? Some
0: well-seasoned
1: birch logs. It's not okay. like a nasty, right.
0: wet, crackly, poppy fire. It's like real wood. Okay. I've checked all these things. I know how to build a okay. fire, and I'm all not right. saying I'm not. I don't feel. I, I don't back. feel questioned. No, no, no. It's you're right. That's the first thing I would say. I would say, open the flue. The flue is open. That's what. That's probably what James said. He was like, <coughs> open the flue. <coughs> I could just picture him mm. doing it. You know. So anyway, I like swing. It's like four degrees outside, but I have to like open these freaking sliding doors. There's like snow blowing in, and now we're freezing and smoky. And of course, I just kind of like grab the logs and like throw them out on the porch in the snow and we're done with the fire. I'm like, forget the fire. I ruined everything. But we got a good laugh out of it. it. It was it was fine, you know.
1: What did uh what Sean O'Shaughnessy think? What's that guy's name? Mm, Sheamus James o- Seamus. O'Guinness? Yeah, James Sheamus.
0: He was very good. He was very nice about it. He was um, Everybody
1: was like really Hollywood gracious.
0: Ca- yeah, I think so. I you know, I think James he did kind of pull me aside afterwards, and he was like, you're never going to make it if you hey, keep man. doing this kind of bullshit. Hey,
1: man, you really fucked up this fire? Yeah, exactly.
0: He he he, he, he kind of pulled me aside. He was like, you're never working
1: this town again. And I was like, I'm sorry. If you make movies like you make fires, you're done. You're done, kid. You're out of here. No, he was- uh, Have you ever had anybody treat give you that Hollywood business, Zay? Has anyone given you the Hollywood business like that yet? That Hollywood business? <sighs> that is to say, has anyone used any of the following phrases? This town, as in, you'll never make it in this town, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or or the business, like you're never gonna make it in this business.
0: I've definitely heard this bi- the business quite a bit, just because it it's it comes up, but not in a derogatory sort of exclusionary way. Do you
1: think like electricians are walking around like uh, to other electricians who aren't great, like you're never gonna make it in the business?
0: <laughs> no, people in only- people in Hollywood think. Hollywood is the business little do they know that all of their companies are owned by like giant Wall Street conglomerates and the revenue generated by the entire global box office is like what Amazon sneezes and makes it in profit quarterly Hmm. it's it's not the business it's such an inconsequential business. But everyone refers to it as the business because they think it's the most important thing ever. Yeah.
1: And isn't it? Yeah. No, it totally is for sure. Did you actually, to get back to the story real quick, did you actually pick up smoldering logs and bring them outside in front of all these dudes? You're like walking past them with a handful of flaming birch. <laughs> Thankfully, the
0: fireplace was right next to the porch. I see. But no, now we're freezing and we finished this meeting and I'm kind of embarrassed and it's, it's fine. It's just not the end of the world. Anyway. Fast forward, okay, we're at the premiere, the premiere goes great, it's a hoot, we're all kind of nervous, because it's a big deal, and a lot of people are there, we have a great time, we go to the premiere, we go to the after party, which is like really crowded, and I'm there for maybe 20-30 minutes, and and I have this feeling, I have a feeling, and I don't think this is revisionist, I think I actually remember that I had a feeling an inexplicable one that I should just run home and and change clothes and like grab some stuff because I think I'm gonna be out for a while and just check on the house because why not you know what I'm saying because we sure. had other people staying with us we were sharing the house with several other people who I like subletted a couple rooms to to help pay for it so I I, I walk up from Main Street it's maybe 10 p.m I walk up from Main Street I, I'm trudging up the street I'm covered in snow I mean the snow is like Past my knees, not in the middle of the street, but like it's very, very snowy and very cold. Mm. And I and I get to the house. We up on this big high hill. It's kind of exhausting to get there. And I get to our house, and I hear a beeping. And I was like, "Huh? I wonder," because I haven't been at the house since like noon. Sure. And um, I I get to the house, and there's a beeping. And um, I uh I I think that's kind of weird. And then as I get closer to the house, I see light in an upper window of the foyer flickering light flickering light oh no and then as i get even closer i see smoke creeping out under the front door and i see more light in other windows Uh oh i go and i'm scared to go in the front door because like i didn't want to hold on though okay
1: had you been or were you smoking a pretzel at the time (laughs) that's what was so weird about
0: it is that i've been pretzel sober for like 15 years at this point oh wow that's great no it's been great so like at that point i was like no this can't be the program so- works people it does program work works. exactly so i was like no it can't just be like some weird fire hallucination yeah, it can't be a dough fire no exactly so i run you know i'm i'm basically just like there's no weird way to get down to the basement without basically just falling through waist deep snow over like uh you know this very steep hill and i'm just covered in snow i burst into the basement and the basement is fine Mm. so i'm like okay maybe i'm still good wait you thought you were still
1: good there was a part of the house on fire but the basement wasn't so you thought you were good (laughs) i don't know what i was thinking i was thinking maybe it was still to the point i've never been in a house fire i
0: was thinking maybe it was still at the point where i could like grab a pot of water and like put it out
1: okay i don't know
0: what i was thinking I ran up the stairs. Are you
1: sure? Are you sure that you were pretzel sober, bro?
0: Well, now you're making me kind of reconsider. I don't know.
1: Sounds like a classic relapse. Okay,
0: I might have been. I might have smelled a couple pretzels. I didn't. Uh, huh. But um, so you go in the basement. I Basement's go in the basement. fine. I run up the stairs, and the entire living room is in flames. Oh no! Like the walls. Everything
1: is on fire. Oh no! And, I, and this is a classic, like Utah ski chalet, yes. in the sense that everything is made out of wood. Exactly. All the walls uh-huh, are made of okay. wood,
0: and I, I, fr- I gasp because I, I mean, I literally run as I'm running up the stairs. I run past a flaming
1: wall, and like it's just way more shocking than I expected. So I just. I, I just love that literally seconds ago you thought, maybe I'm fine, to gasp. Gasp of hot carbon monoxide, Mm.
0: just full of my lungs, and I collapsed instantly to the floor, hacking, because I just was like, holy shit, like, I just burned my lungs out, and I can't see, my eyes are on fire, and I can't breathe anymore. And I was thought I was going to die because, like, I couldn't figure really? out where the door was. Everything was so smoky, I couldn't see anything. And so I dropped to my knees. I'm like hacking up a lung. I can't breathe. And I almost
1: passed. Had you out. called anybody? Not at this Had point. Had you called the fire department? No,
0: not at this point. Again, very foolishly. And so I I get really low. I like catch my breath a little bit. And then I crawl to the door, swing the door open, and crawl out into the snow and basically just lay there for like a solid 30 seconds or a minute, just like getting my breath in the snow. Then I I sort of trudge up through the snow, get to the street, call the cops. The fire department came. They basically spray down the entire house. In the meantime, because it took them a minute, though, to get there, I'm just standing there watching flames just billowing out of the front door of my house. And I'm like... Did I'm going to go to jail. Ever... Like I was like, I'm going to jail. I'm going to get sued. Again. Somehow this is my fault. You know what I mean? Because I think I was like having a flashback almost of like this school sure. incident. It
1: was intense. Sounds like some malicious mischief to exactly. me. That's, That's what man. I was
0: worried about. So anyway, what happens is I'm standing out there waiting for the cops to come, watching
1: this house nearly burn down. Robert Redford's standing next to you, shaking his head slowly as a tear rolls exactly. down his Exactly. He's cheek. like, we should have never done this.
0: No, this guy walks by. And he sees that it, it's very—we're kind of off the beaten path. We're not like on a main through street, and um, everybody's out because it's like Saturday night at Sundance. No one's going back to their houses. This one guy walks by and he sees that I'm just like kind of in a daze, just like staring at this burning house. And he's like, "Dude, are you okay?" And I was like, um, "I think so." And he's like, "I'm gonna—I'm gonna wait with." you till the fire department comes is that cool with you and i was like yeah that would actually be really turns out turns out it was harvey weinstein i know i that you ruined the story i was that was the whole punchline of the entire story yeah actually though that guy wasn't harvey it was the first responder was harvey weinstein and he rushed in and um he 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 put the fire out single-handedly So, all right, let me, let me fast forward kind of through the rest of it. They put the fire out and we went into this house with the fire department to get all of our stuff out, which was very eerie because like the fire alarms going, everything's soaking wet. There's just burnt out walls everywhere. I mean, I felt like I was in a horror movie or something and I actually rolled video inside the house. So I'll try to put it in the show notes, but like then the fireman, the fire marshal, he's like, Hey, I want to show you something. He shoots water up the flue in a, out through a hose, and it just comes straight back down. Oh no! Because the flue was so blocked that literally no air could get out. So he was like, "Dude, this is not your fault. If anything, this is like negligence on the part of the owner. Like, absolutely not your fault in any way. I'm just glad you weren't here because it was a really slow growth of a fire, and so we could have died. And then, of course, I'm thinking like, what if this had happened five hours later? We were all home, kind of buzzed." not quick to wake up, and we just freaking die. It was
1: very scary. Yeah, it's a popular way to commit suicide in Asia is to, uh, you got a little apartment, you take a little charcoal grill, and you light it. Game over.
0: All right, so a couple highlights of the rest of the story. First, we got to find a place to stay, which like I said at Sundance is a disaster because there's literally nowhere left at this point. And so we end up crashing at my buddy Carl's house. All of our stuff is just like gray, covered in soot, And it smells terrible And he's like yeah I guess you can uh, Stay at my place with like 30 other people so we just Like Mm. dump all of our stuff in the garage Stay there the next morning I'm trying to figure out where to go but I have this Meeting with this guy This is probably honestly the highlight of the entire Story for me Um, I have a meeting with this guy Marcus Cox Who's a great producer who I had met the year before
1: I've actually heard he prefers Marcus penis But whatever (laughs)
0: Marcus, if you're listening, let us know what you prefer. I don't want to judge. <laughs> um Marcus, he, <laughs> we meet up for coffee. He's he we, we shake hands and he's like he's like, dude, you smell like smoke. Were you at a campfire? Are, th- are those pretzels in your pocket? <laughs> well, and I told him the story, what happened, and I kind of started to like get kind of emotional because it was just like very intense. I was like, I don't know where we're staying tonight. Some other stuff kind of happened that was like very frustrating and traumatic sort of interpersonally and like it was just like not a good night and he just kind of stands up and comes over and he just gives me a huge hug and just holds it for like kind of a long time and it it was just the kindest thing he possibly could have done i had no idea that i needed a hug but i realized immediately once he did it i was like
1: i needed a hug like really bad and somehow marcus knew that the people that come in your life and give hugs. Those are truly special people. You know, especially people you don't know well. Like if your mom hugs you, that's whatever. But if you like tell your neighbor who you don't know real well mm-hmm. that some hard shit has happened in your life and they give you like a, a genuine hug. Yep. It's some of the nicest moments possible mm-hmm inhumanity you know, I agree to just share physical touch with another person it was yeah man it's a big deal
0: to do that it's 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 scary in some cases to do it because it requires vulnerability on the part of the hugger sure yeah. but I but I, I agree man I think it's I think we should do it a lot more I think it's really
1: it's really awesome give somebody you don't know well a hug today guys try to feel out a little
0: bit whether they're into it or not before you go for it you know like if they really or don't need it.
1: just go in for it give them a real strong one <laughs>
0: <laughs> then go when, all out and then when they try to get out of it just keep them there hug just tighter Hug t- <laughs> gosh this is bad advice no means
1: no people no means no people
0: no means no aside.
1: well it's a great story and i think what we're kind of realizing the more shows we do the more episodes we do is it really we just have a fire podcast mm-hmm. yeah we're definitely you know, it's, a, it's an arson it's a it's just an It's a fire cast. Should we change the name? Let's embrace it.
0: Let's call it. Hug tight. Let's call it. I guess we burned it down that way. Mm -hmm. Is that a good name for the podcast? Should we change it? I guess
1: we torched it that way.
0: Oh, I like it. If anyone has any thoughts, you know, there's. Oh my gosh, what is my deal with burning things down? There's fire plays a
1: central role in the climax of Rollers, the movie. It goes back to what that guy asked me in the trailer, man. Mm -hmm. You know? You said it yourself. Fire, climax. We're Mm -hmm. getting the picture here, buddy. This is.
0: Wow, this is more fun and cheaper than therapy. I might just uh, keep doing it this way. You're, you're
1: not getting the bills I've been sending you, bruh? Oh, uh,
0: boy. I guess they're just piling up at the at my other house. I'll find them. But anyway, well, that's that. I think that'll be fun. I think next week I am, I, I, I am very excited about just kind of uh, talking about location stuff because I think that's something that a lot of people really don't think about with movies is where they're shot. But the reality is that it plays a huge role. In the actual process of making a movie It's always
1: cool to live in a small little town Where they do film something mm-hmm. Like they filmed What What did they film? They filmed something here mm-hmm. and People were excited about oh, 42. it Forty-two. I was too
0: 42 because they had that big big old uh, baseball stadium Is that what you're
1: thinking of? Yeah you could see Harrison Ford stumbling around town
0: Yeah he was flying his plane
1: around I was actually thinking too. of the other one though What's the what's the handsome vampire kid name? Uh, Robert Pattinson? Pattinson Yeah he was here What, what for? Who knows Somebody knows. Call me.
0: Tell me. I, uh, all right. I'm just name dropping now, but whatever. I'm going to name drop sometimes. Sorry, people deal with it. Robert Pattinson at the premiere for never going back. We're all kind of sitting in the back, waiting for it to start, and all of a sudden, Robert Pattinson walks in with his entourage. Hey yo! It was pretty cool. I think. What
1: kind of entourage does he
0: have? Uh, like five or six people of various ages, kind of just hanging out. I don't know. That's that's a lonely gig, you know. It would be it's very like being lonely. like
1: Macaulay Culkin's protege or yeah. something. You know, it's like. Eh.
0: I think he's a really, really good actor, but like I met him very briefly, and it was fine. He, he was certainly wouldn't remember me, and I didn't take much away from the interaction. I think. Maybe I, I'm really going out on a limb here. I think maybe he was friends with, or maybe maybe dating. I don't want to presume too much. One of the stars, uh, Cami Marone, who, by the way, speaking of name dropping, fun fact, she's the star of Never Go Back. Pretty sure she's dating Leo DiCaprio,
1: which is hilarious. Who isn't dating Leo DiCaprio? And on that note, I really need to go. Oh yeah, okay, cool. I don't want to keep you. All right, talk later. No, love you. Bye. Bye.
0: All right, we made it to the end of another episode of I Guess We'll Do It That Way without burning down either of our houses. Hashtag blessed. Next week, we'll be jumping back into rollers, so be sure to tune in. Today's show was produced and edited by Isaiah Smallman, executive producer John Schimpf. Opening song is The Get Down by Summer Dregs. Outro music is The Man From Nowhere by Tom Paulus and Max Bells. Our cover art was designed by Nate Giordano. This has been a production of Mama Bear Studios. Feeling the heat of the desert
1: It's your journey
2: It's your boy, it's your boy.